Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for staying with the KDK9 show. Oh, I, um, I got to get my glasses on. It's getting pretty bad here. All right. Um, now I forgot you when I, which one I did. Which one did I do? Skeleton walks into oh, a bar. Oh, there you go. There you go. Thank you. A skeleton walks into a bar and says, hey, bartender. What do you think he told, told the bartender? It's a skeleton. Little hint, little hint. Mm-hmm. Skeleton. Something about bones? No. No? I'll have one beer and a mop. <laughs> oh. oh, that one took me a second. <laughs> one beer and a mop. I oh. think that's very funny. That is very funny. I might have to put that one in my gazebo. Hey, bartender. Okay. <laughs> what can you say? Oh, well, we, uh, I amuse easily. What can I say? Okay, we're back. Uh, Nancy. Gonna pull yep. up Nancy. There you go. Okay. So what were you gonna say now? Um, I was gonna say that uh, if I I feed uh, her um, Nutrisource. Yep. Okay. And I sometimes if she gets something too rich or different, she'll get diarrhea. So how do I introduce something like raw or freeze dried food without getting diarrhea happening? Go for it, Jess. With very small amounts to yes. start with. Very small. Mm-hmm. Yep, just like a pinch, like some of them is in patties. Mm-hmm. Take a pinch of the patty and use that as a treat. But then at dinner time, cut back on the regular food. Okay. Right, and at first you don't really, you know, if you're using such a small amount of raw, you don't need to cut back on the regular food at first. But basically, you know what, it takes the time it takes. So um, I, I always tell people it's not a speed sport. You don't have to have your dog on a 100% raw diet by next week. And so... You know, buy the smallest bag you can with the smallest pieces you can so that you can thaw out a couple of little pieces and just start adding little bits of it to her regular food. Okay. And sneak your way into it. But if you have a dog with a delicate digestive system, then it's worth building that out rather than allowing that to limit her. Okay. And then another thing to think about is that, um, you know, motion is lotion. And so it always makes me sad when people come in and say, oh, you know, my dog was diagnosed with arthritis, so we stopped walking him. Do not (laughs) stop walking. Yeah. Okay. Um, You will lose the muscle mass that your dog has. Uh, You get stiffer from not moving around. And so it's important to keep these dogs mobile, to um, even if they do have hip dysplasia or something like that, you have to maintain the muscle mass that's going to support your joints. So I would not... You know, you might slow down, but if you can, I would not go on any shorter walks. I would not shorten your walks, and you might want to build up, actually, to a longer walk. What's, what's a longer walk? A mile? Um, you know, everybody's got a different amount of time okay. to spend on this. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I used to I used to do a three-mile loop with my dogs. Okay. And, um, and uh, basically, there was that one year when I went out of town and um, for a class, I was gone for six weeks. And during that time, I found that my husband had walked the dogs twice. Mm. And so uh, I had that big Malamute mix, yep. Tonka, yeah, and he had lost all the muscle mass on his body. Wow. Oh, that's right. He went through class with yeah, you. Yeah. Um, and so basically, he like his muscles had just melted away. He'd become very weak. And so I had to recondition him. Uh, so, you know, one the one day we went down to the next mailbox and back, and then we went to two mailboxes and back. And, you know, I just kind of got him reconditioned to walking that three-mile loop again. There you go. 
And then, you know, like when you're trying to lose back to losing weight, you know, you got to use like a real measuring cup, not just eyeball it. Right. And then a lot of times the manufacturers, especially older dogs, they don't need much to maintain their weight. And what some manufacturers say, you know, they they don't know what your dog does all day and what how old your dog is. And so sometimes they will tell you to feed more. That's just a recommendation. I usually take, if they tell me to feed two cups, I start out with a cup and a half. And then I feel my dog every Sunday when I come home from or get home from uh, the show, I stand dogs and I feel the front rib, you know, the side, the ribs, and then it goes into the waistline. So then I did make the determine this week, I'm either going to, now they feel fine. So I'm not going to adjust the diet. Next week, Sunday comes, I feel, oh, you feel a little bit fluffy. So I'm going to adjust. I'm going to knock down for that week. If you get okay. used to feeling your dog, okay, and go accordingly, that then your eyes will lie to you all the time, but your <laughs> feel won't. All right. So if you get okay. used to feeling, to having the dog stand and don't push, I can say I'm not overweight because if I push, hard enough i can find my ribs <laughs> you know and so that's why it's so everybody feeds their dogs like they were puppies you know they'd never adjust what they were feeding and they wonder why the when the dogs uh, get to three years old their system comes to a screaming halt like ours does when we hit 30 you know when i was 30 mm. or when i was 20 i could have a peanut butter parfait when i was 30 <laughs> i had a medium uh Sunday. When I was 40, I had a large cone. When I was 50, I had a small cone. And when I turned 60, the calories just jumped into the truck. I didn't even have to step by. Okay, so we have to be mindful that as our dogs and cats get older, same with us, we've got to eat less because we're not growing. And if you're not very mobile, you know, you're not utilizing calories. And so by feeling, and, and, and the vets, it's it's really hard for the vets to say, if I commit, I kudos to your vet for bringing it up, because vets really have a hard time because weight in humans like if you know the doctor says hey kate you're fat but i lose some weight <laughs> well i know i'm fat but you didn't have to tell me that <laughs> and so now and but when the, you know the the vets discuss and if anybody even is thinking the word to ask the vet do you think my dog is overweight or my cat they already know the answer okay because they know they're too fat but they're groping like they didn't well how i got my dog too fat you know but the thing no just own it and change mm-hmm. it you know it's mm-hmm. no big deal you know that's the big thing so but it's as far well, as i'm what determined a- to uh have her lose weight and really? I, I know why she's heavier okay. even though like i said i don't think she looks heavy at all but mm-hmm. uh based on what you're talking about touching the ribs mm-hmm. and when i think of what she weighed seven years ago mm-hmm. she was 10 pounds lighter yep. so yep and that's why i tell mm-hmm. people to pull out the old photo album and mm-hmm. you know and just take a look and go oh that's the same thing with me <laughs> i get out the old photo <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah but there actually there but there's a study that was done in dogs with arthritis so they had arthritis that was so bad it showed up on x-rays okay so significant arthritis and the only treatment for this experiment was weight loss all right wow and a hundred percent of the dogs got better wow Hundred wow. percent. Oh yeah. my god. Well, that only it, makes sense, though. It, it really, really makes does. a difference. So, yeah. so weight loss is huge. Keeping them mobile is huge. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That well, hundred percent. Well, that really makes sense, though. It really does. You know. I think I know the answer to this. But <laughs> she loves it. Uh, we have a large yard, and yep. I throw a ball for her. Mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing I can't do that anymore. The starting and stopping, or can I still do it? Um. I personally don't worry about that so much. Um, I would try to limit kind of the airs above the ground. Right. 
um, because, you know, that's a lot of impact. But realistically, our dogs should be athletic. They should be okay. able to fly through the woods, twisting their bodies as they jump over a log, chasing a rabbit. Um, they should be capable of doing these things. So if you haven't if you haven't been doing these things, then you need to kind of work up to them. And then, right. um, you know, you you still need to be the one to tell the dog, OK, you know what? Your tongue is like mostly out of your head right now. Therefore, it's <laughs> time to quit or time to go in the house and cool off a little bit, uh-huh. even if the dog is still like See, willing to do it again. I don't right. play fetch with my dogs. I lob things mm-hmm. so they don't go like shot out of a cannon to go down and get it, slam on the brake, turn and power back. I lock, like I want them to learn if I point to something and say, pick it up and then bring it here. But I've, ne- I've, I've never been a thrower, no. uh, you know, for my dogs. And the thing is, is it's just like an athlete, a, a person that, you know, does track and field and such like that. You know, you, you unfortunately, most people, when they throw a ball for a dog, it's over it, over it, over and over and over again. You know, like he loves it when so you forget the age and everything else. Yeah, keep them in shape. But instead of, you know, throwing it 50 times, let's try throwing it maybe just, you know, three, four times, move on to something mm-hmm. else and then come back a little bit later. But, you know, so many people want to do a marathon to really, like the tongue is, you know, hitting the ground. And so that's... Yeah. And right. I think maybe my dogs don't fetch because they don't do the the bringing it back part. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't understand people who try to play fetch with like a tennis ball. We yeah. go out there with a bucket of tennis balls and our trusty <laughs> chuck it. Uh-huh. And you spend half the time throwing the ball and half the time collecting them. them. Yeah, yeah. So you get too many. Yeah. Everybody's getting exercise. Exactly. But so that's why I, you know, like I say, use common sense. But you got to remember, you right. know, if you're if you're a heavy person and doing track and field, it's not going to be right. huge on your joints. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's right. there's a lot of value to going for a walk. Like I think walking is um, underrated. Yes. And, you know, just putting on the miles. Yeah. And I realize, you know, a steady it, beat. It takes time. Yeah. I am so afraid to say this, but I <laughs> have to say it. The, this is such a smart dog, and she does so many wonderful tricks and commands, and she's so obedient. But she is, is a nightmare on a leash. And so mm-hmm. I play with her out in this yard, but I can't manage her on a leash. I can take care of that. Yes, up there, there's a trainer here. Yeah, sign up for a private class. You can have that dog walking so super nice in about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. All right. How do I sign up for a private class? Just go to my website. Go, you go to mytalk1071.com. Go to my uh, show page. And okay. my website is there. Just click on that, and then you can you know, we can set up something for you. It's an hour for an hour. In one hour's time, you'll be amazed at what you have done. Really? Yes. That would be a miracle mm-hmm. because I think I'm pretty good with training her, and yeah. I'm, I've am i failed in this. This is the no, only dog I've Don't ever say you did fail. No, no, no. No, it takes the right kind of tools yeah. that will give you leverage over your dog, and it takes practice. And it's not me, master, you dog. It's not that. Yeah, right? it, t- it, okay. takes, it takes a lot of practice. Yeah, so give me a holler. We'll, we can set it I up. I will do it. Well, thank I you so much. do it. Well, carry on, Nancy. Thank you much. Thank you. Thank you so much for all your assistance. <laughs> you betcha. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, I asked my dog, what's two minus two? We'll be back. Hello, thank you for joining the KDK9 show. I'd appreciate it. Every Sunday, four to six. And um, guess what? We will not be here next week because it's the 4th of July weekend. Seems like, I mean, I'm going every other weekend here. You got major plan, Rachel, for the 4th? Yeah, I'm actually um, going home to see my family. It's been a while. Oh, where's where's home? Um, Illinois. Oh, Illinois. Yep. Oh, cool. a long drive. Uh, going by yourself? 
Um, yep, me and my boyfriend. Okay. Cool. Yep. Well, then you're not going by yourself. No. <laughs> <laughs> I might as well be going by myself. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> nobody listens to the show anyway, so don't worry about that. <laughs> but anyway, let's crank on the tunes. There you go. Mm-hmm. I asked my dog, what's two minus two? Nothing. He, exa- he said nothing. Two minus oh, two wow. is nothing. You know, I just Genius. said that, and yeah, I didn't even think it through. There you I asked my dog, what's two minus two? He said nothing. I like that one. There you go. Look at that. That's one for the road. You can take all these dumb dad jokes with you. So when it gets real boring in the car, you can start shooting them at your boyfriend. (laughs) Just pester him with dad jokes. And pretty soon he'll be stopping at a rest stop saying, don't you have to go? And you come back and he's gone. (laughs) I was going to say, somebody's going to be walking down the highway. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Oh, well. Hey, Jess, how can they get a hold of you, Dr. Jess? Through my website. And that is? Holistic-vet-care.com. And you do phone consults and over the, uh, in emails. And yeah, then, and I see appointments. Yep, and then appointments. And then, like I say, uh, if, let's say you've got blood work from another, that you could take a look at it too. You know, you could, they can send you whatever if they had other work done, mm-hmm. if they want a second opinion or whatever mm-hmm. type thing, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, let's head to the phone line. Okay, we've, got, we at? Um, we've got Joe. He's got a question about... Potentially adopting a black mouth cur. A back black mouth cur. Hey, Joe, how you doing? Hello, Joe. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, well. I'll put him back on hold and let's go to the next one. All right. Um, the next one we got, Steve. He's got a question about an aggressive dog. Okay. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Hi, Steve. Hi. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Good. What can we do for you? Thank you for taking my call. You betcha. I've got a problem with a dog we adopted um, five months ago. She's extremely aggressive with other dogs when we go on a walk. And what I've tried to do, I have some treats in my pocket, and when she, before she gets all nuts, I say to her, look at me, look at me, and I give her a treat, sort of distracts her. But it, this has been going on now for a month. Uh-huh. And even though I can distract her and uh, I would call it semi-successful, she still reverts to this behavior what can i do to get her to be less aggressive toward other animals and it doesn't matter which animals big small the same thing soon as she sees somebody could be as far as a half a block away she gets started she starts getting excited and starts charging toward them okay a couple things number one um does she have any play buddies no okay we only adopted her five months we don't know what her background is okay yeah but no no any people within your circle your family friend neighbor that have dogs across uh, the street to my granddaughter's house and she had tried to attack their two dogs ah okay what kind of dog is this mountain cur how well no it's like miniature pincher basically it was a small dog it's got a little bit of uh chihuahua and it's it's basically an eight pound dog Okay. She thinks she's 100 pounds. Right? Oh, every little dog does. Every little dog yeah. does. Okay, now when you go for a walk, do you use a trading collar or do you use a harness? Harness. Okay. A harness restrains, it doesn't train. I get it. Everybody says I use harnesses, otherwise the dog is going to kill, you know, hang themselves. I get that. Okay. But the thing is, is you need the right training collar to get into the dog's head so that it, you can get the head turned to you and back off of what they're making an issue with. And so usually when she, you know, alerts to like another dog or a person, the, the first thing that most people do when they're on walks is they tighten the leash to keep the dog tight to them. And that now the leash is tight. Now the dog is signals down to the dog like you have a problem so maybe we both should have a problem together 
You get mm-hmm. that? And so that's where le- leash reaction comes, all right? And okay. so now there are some dogs that they weren't socialized right at the beginning, and if they got a, a big eagle, that they, you know, they are not nice to other dogs, and it takes a while and a lot of reconditioning to get them to, like, you know, look but not react is what okay. it is. Okay. Now, how many pounds did you say she was? Eight pounds. Eight pounds? Okay. Now, we've even taken her into places like PetSmart, purposely trying to get her to react to another dog. But then before she does it, I do the same shtick. I, you know, have her head turn to me, look at me, and give her a treat. And it's, it's worked. But, you know, it doesn't diminish this constant thing every time I go out with her and she sees a dog. I'm not training her. To, it's not decreasing. And that's, that's the problem. Right, right. And so the thing she so just... Should I try a regular, uh, like a collar? Yeah, well, so what's, what's happening here is that... Um, uh, okay, well, you guys are going for a walk. Is she walking next to you on a, a loose lead no, or she's, she's scared? she's all the time. Yeah. It doesn't bother me too much. Well, no, it like, should, because that's why you don't have control of the situation. Okay, okay. she well, by her being out in front, she's the leader and you're the peon. So okay. she feels she has to take care of everything that's out front because apparently you're wishy-washy and, and you're, you're the peon in the back, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and so what you need is you need to work together as a team instead of just redirecting her to the treat, you know, so she quicks looks away, but then she's going to look back and react again, all right? So all right. you need the right training collar to get into her head as far as to help you when you, when you uh, it's not me, master, you dog. Everybody thinks when you use a training collar, you know, it's, oh, ugh. And it's not. It's just like there's a reaction to their action. If you don't listen to the word, then you get a a bump with the training collar. And they're like, whoa. Dogs learn by trial and error. They do this, this happens, they do that, happens. When this pup was with mom, if he was hanging off a mom's leg or tail or whatever, mom would give a deep growl like, get off my tail. And if the pup didn't listen, mom would grab around with her teeth around the neck of the pup and squeeze. And the pup would yelp because it's like, that hurts. (laughs) Mom would slowly let go of the pressure. Pup would slowly back off, and then a little bit, a little bit later, dog come. The pup comes up like still tick, ma, and she'd give a still tick. Stay away from mom. So he learned. The pup learned if I listen to the growl, the correction doesn't come, and that's the same thing when you're training your dog. If I listen to the word, aka walk or heal, um, you know, then if you don't listen, then you're going to get the correction. Pretty soon they learn where heal is and what it means, and so they learn by trial and error, and then all well, of a sudden. Let me, let me, been wonderful that i think i i will definitely try that but if it continues to fail you i could sort of go on your website to find out do you would you deal with that if i you know, made an appointment to see you oh you bet because we got to get you organized and the dog organized so you can be organized together in public right. <laughs> okay okay wonderful i appreciate it Thank oh you, you bet so yeah. take care bye-bye bye-bye yeah, because that's why, you know, I talk to everybody that when they come to class, you know, with the harnesses, is as well, I don't want my dog to hang himself. And well, I, I get that. But there, you know, that's where you need to know what training collar to get by talking to a trainer. So you don't need a harness. You know, whatever did we do without harnesses? Because harnesses really have become a big thing. I'd say the last, what do you say, three years, four mm-hmm. years, this last two mm-hmm. years, really nuts with all the dogs. But uh, yeah, if you want to. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think the thing that people don't realize is that a harness is not a good communication tool. No. Well, that's a good way to put it. And that's what you're like. You need something that will help you communicate with your dog better. And for a dog like that, like, honestly, I would I would take it to a group class. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. But sometimes uh, when the and, and more worried. than and more than one, because that's yes. going to be quite a challenge. Yes. Except uh, we'll talk about that when we get back. <laughs> OK, uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Did you hear the rumor about the butter? We'll be back. Uh, 
right, we're back, we're back. Okay, did you hear the rumor about butter? Well, I mean, it's fattening. It's. <laughs> I'm not going to spread it. Oh, okay. The rumor. Oh, okay, rumor. Well, I'm not going to spread it. So, the rumor about butter. Ba-dum, boom. That's nice. Ba-dum, you don't want to spread a rumor. Nope. Nope. These are uh-huh. all, all, all beyond me. I'm not, I'm not into that. Okay, let's take the next caller. All right, we've got Joe back on the oh, line. Oh, Joe's back. Okay. Hi, Joe. Are you there? Hello? Oh, there I'm you are. Here. There you are. Katie. Yes. I'm looking for your opinion. We're looking at um, adopting a okay. rescue. Okay. And I'm not familiar with black mouth curs. All right. She's uh, three, about nine weeks old and just a sweetie, but we're kind of, the more research we're doing, the more we're wondering if it's a dog for us. My wife and I are retired. All right. Um, and we live in the country and I have about eight horses uh, within a stone's throw of my yard. All right. Our yard is a couple acres. Okay. Okay, uh, what- and so we're, we're we're kind of looking at. Uh, I mean, she's just a just a super sweet dog, but she's showing some aggressive stuff, and we're kind of worried that the aggression is so much into the breed of the dog, we may not be able to train her out of it. Okay, like what? At nine weeks, what is she doing? Well, she's she's getting aggressive. Like we've tried socializing her in areas, and she will start to you know see another dog, and it's it's full on. And she's very she's very protective of my wife already, but yet today uh, Sue was at a, a music venue in a park, and uh, the dog was quite distracted with other dogs. And then when Sue went to uh, reach for her harness, uh, she actually took a few nips at my wife. Ah, interesting. And she's nine weeks, not nine months. She, yeah, no, no, she's just a pup. Well, you don't want to see this kind of thing with the nine week nine week old puppy. She'd be happy, happy. Let me pet me, pet me. Let me meet, right. meet, meet. Right. Is what? How long have you had him? Her. Her. Okay. Her name is. Her name is Katie. Oh, great name! <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I smile, and that's what she came with. She's she's uh, from Mississippi. Okay, yep. we've only had her a week. We're on. We're test fostering her right now. Okay. Okay. But I, you know, it's just important uh, for the for the dog to be a good fit, as the owners to be a you good. You got fit that for right, and I really appreciate this call. I wish more people would have done it before they started adopting dogs. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It personally knee jerk reaction here. Okay, yeah. you're kind of trying to talk yourself into it. Okay, because right. like I said, yeah. it sounds like you're kind of social. You said she was at a music thing. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. and so you want a dog that from the get-go is happy to go out and investigate and, and just, you know, does not, because when you see a nine-week-old dog with an attitude like that, that's not yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She likes, PetSmart is her favorite spot, and mm-hmm. everybody likes her at PetSmart. Yeah. Yeah, because they, she, my wife stopped there today with her, and and somebody bought her a ball, and she just loves you know the yep. aisles and yep. everybody, yep. but yep. Uh, went and loves people. But mm-hmm. uh, when she went to the park with the music event where there were other animals, uh, other dogs, mm-hmm. um, her disposition it took a pretty big change. Okay, now has she? Does she have any uh, uh, play buddies uh, of dogs? Any dog play buddies? Uh, my neighbors across the street, and, and that's another thing we'd really like to boundary train her no, and not no have such... her leashed. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, un... that's what I'm kind of worried. about. No, my that's last, an unrealistic last... expectation. Okay, even with the okay. underground fencing, there's a lot, yeah. I just, my girlfriend, uh, Kali, now has been bolting through it left and right because deer are coming through at night. 
And so yeah. they, it's, a lot of times that zip is worth the freedom, and then they get zipped to try to get back into their place, okay? Right. Okay, and so the thing is, is that, no, don't ever count on underground fencing and boundary training. That's just unrealistic. So that's yeah, where you've got last, to train. Our last dog that uh, was also a rescue was a flat coat retriever. Oh, those are awesome dogs. Oh, they are. Yes. They are. Yep. My, my heart still bleeds. Yep, but, yep. Um, and that one I had boundary trained. Okay, well, you I'm... Could leave, Leave it out 24, you know, leave anytime, day or night, and she knew where her home was. Well, that had it happen when she was a little bit older, though, huh? A little bit older, yeah. and then, like, when I took her off the property, it was always in a vehicle. Okay. I never took her for walks in oh, the neighborhood good. because Excellent. She, she can't distinguish yeah, walking right? in the neighborhood you bet. between. I'm proud of you. Yeah, good job. Yeah, no, I, I've, I've done a, quite a few dogs, and I'm just unfamiliar with the blackmouth cur. Yeah, no, I would. It, it's a brassy dog. They're, you know, that's what Old Yeller was, was a blackmouth cur. Yep. And yep. anyway, and they are. They're a brassy dog. They're meant to stand up and, and not back down, okay? And so that's yeah. why the the thing is, is it sounds like for your lifestyle, if you've got a social lifestyle, you know, yeah. that you like to go out and about and there's other people with dogs, I would let this be for some, for even though, yeah, they're cute, you know, they're cute as a buggy or God knows what he made when he made puppies and who can resist one, right? But what oh, you, exactly. what you got to do is think of your life two years down the line, five years down the line, what's in it? Is it people with other dogs and you need a dog, a people dog, you know, a dog that will get along with people and dogs and you should not see this kind of of at, at nine weeks of age that dog should be willing now you could try practicing if you can you know go for a walk with another dog if he hasn't had enough social within seeing other dogs you know or interacting with them that he could be reacting this way so you find somebody that will go for a walk with you that has a very easy laid-back dog all right, and then and then just go for a walk, and then uh, stop a little bit, let him sniff noses, go for a walk again, stop, let him fit, you know, so he can slowly inter, you know, get to know the dog there, and just see what his reaction is. Uh, you could try that, but like I said, it sounds like you guys are social life, and, and this one here might be a little bit of a handful for you. Yeah, yeah, and I'm really like I say, I'm I'm kind of you know I thought about the electrical fencing for the boundary and mm-hmm. stuff, but. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't think that this breed is going to allow that. Yeah, no, they're like I said, they're a brassy dog. That's what they're yeah. bred for. You know, it's like I say, don't back down. I'm taking you all on now. <laughs> but, oh yeah, yeah. And every that's, dog's personality is different. You can have some very kind, easy golden ones. You can have brassier ones. But there again, try to find somebody within your circle that has a dog that's kind of a laid back dog. Don't let them yeah. meet right away. Just go for a walk together. You know, maybe a block down and a block back. Okay, let right. them you know touch your noses and just. See that once he understands meeting his own kind, see if he you know is okay. But I'm always leery when I in my with my puppy classes, if I got a you know ten week, twelve week old puppy that wants to take out the other dogs, they may have some buddies down the road, but most dogs are not going to get along with, and they're always going to have to be wary about that. So okay, sounds okay. good. Yeah, okay. I, like I say, I'm just a little bit unfamiliar with this breed. It's yep. not real big up in. Uh, up here no, in, huh? in Minnesota. Nope, nope. They're meant to cool, geez. you know, to tree bears, you know, tree, you know, tree everything, you know, coons, you know, they're meant to be a brassy dog. So yeah. that's, and like I yeah. said, it's this not. This one's got webbed feet, you know. Okay, yeah. I know some of the, some of the curs do and some don't. She's webbed. Yep. And yep. so she really does have the hunting line in her. Yep. Yep. So you just got to, don't talk yourself into it. It should feel right. And if you have okay. concerns now, 
you know, yeah. th- th- then somebody's in the universe is trying to say, well, maybe we need to keep looking. Maybe the other one, the one that you're supposed to have, especially if you had a flat coated retriever, those dogs are awesome. And, you oh, know, they they, they're so they sweet and then sweet, so sweet. So just whatever. So they, and that's what you're used to. I would, I would, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd move, I'd look a little bit more. Well, thank you so okay. much, Katie. Well, thanks and, for asking. I appreciate that. Before you, and I will let and I will let our Katie know that we talked. There you go. Okay, thanks, Joe. Take care. Bye bye. Yeah, because that's the thing is that you know all breeds have tendencies. You know, herding breeds herd. You know, but and there's there's um, brassier ones. And then not so bad, you know, there's good and bad in every breed. They're just like in humans, they're good and bad in, every, in all the humans. And so, but it's just got to feel right. I try to tell people not to talk themselves into a dog. And then sometimes they think, well, I've been waiting so long for a puppy and he's so cute. You know, looks, like I say, God knew what he was doing. He made pups. He looks at I got cute. Who can resist one? Right. <laughs> but they're a lot of work. But it always makes me, I don't know about what's, what's your feelings. When you see, when you get a, a dog in that's a pup that is kind of a little bit on the brassy, shy side, what's your, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes they've had traumatic experiences mm-hmm. and then, you know, your average dog owner might not be the right person to try to deal with that. Yeah, that's true. Yep, I know. And so yeah. that's why I just tell people don't talk yourself into the dog. It should mm-hmm. just feel right. Unless unless, right. unless your goal in life is to become a dog trainer and you're, yeah. you know, you want that kind of challenge. challenge yeah, that's then true. Do it. But yeah, that's very true. Yeah, there's a reason why I have the dogs I have and why I don't actually have, you know, other breeds of dogs. Mm-hmm. And Yep, yep. You had an Anatolian Shepherd, right? You still oh, got him? No. Oh. No, I never had an Anatolian. That, was, that would probably be too much dog for me. Oh, okay. Well, who's up? It was, it's I, have, a I have a Dutch Shepherd. There, that's what I was trying yeah, to think. Yeah, but been. he's, but you know, same thing. Like, um, after I got Anton, I thought, wow, you know, it's a really cool dog. He's so awesome. Like, maybe I could foster them for a rescue. Uh-huh. And then I read up about the breed and I was like, oh, I got lucky. Yeah. Like, this is, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not the kind of person who can take on a dog like that. They're hard dogs. Yes, they are. They very much are. And, you know, the fact that mine is made of marshmallow, I'm very happy with. There you go. <laughs> but see, that's why, like I say, there's some really cool mountain curs that aren't as brassy. But mm-hmm. it sounds like this one at nine weeks old. Boy, his he's, he's yeah, bring it on. <laughs> yeah, but I, I thought the same thing with my first dog. My first dog was an Australian Shepherd. And okay. he's very devoted to me. And he was a great dog. And he got along with everybody. And... Then the next time I met one in practice, I thought, oh, this is going to be a great, really nice dog, just like my dog. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, they're they're one-person dogs. Uh-huh. And if it's not you, yeah. <laughs> it's not you. <laughs> ah, that's, that's, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but anyway, okay, so we uh, earlier were talking about if uh, you, you go to the vet and you get a diagnosis of something that's really wrong with your dog. I, I My thing is, my knee jerk, is that, if as long you know, let's say they suggest to put them down, you know, like right now, you know, if if mm-hmm. the dog, if you could see the dog is on its last leg, okay, hello, right. okay, but I mean, literally, when you just got to diagnose, you know, you, you got to absorb what's going on. And to me, I would get a second opinion. I would never do something right now. I would step back, get you know, get my test in mm-hmm. order, and then just mm-hmm. what's my plan and go from there. Yeah. And a lot of situations, you know, you take something like chemotherapy. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure to start right now. We're going to do this today. And a, a lot of what I when I counsel clients, a lot of what I tell them is, you know, if if it, if something is bleeding, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, if you can take 24 hours, think about it, do some research, talk to some people, like gather your wits about you. 
because I don't know about you, but I am not good at making good decisions yeah. when I'm in the heat of the moment. Yes, right. Yep. And a, and a lot of times like that, you know, the pressure is on to do something right now. now. Yeah. Start treatment right now. Yep. Let's get your dog on, you know, treatment for Cushing's disease yeah. right now. You know what? Breathe. Cushing's disease does not occur overnight. Yeah. It's not an emergency. Like you have time to think about what you want to do. Yep. No, that's that's good advice. So yeah, just don't hit the panic button, folks. That's what we have a tendency to do is hit that panic button. So then now we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about anal glands. I had uh, a gal show me her dog, beautiful dog. And um, uh, the, the thing is, is that she, her rectum where her tail and butt is is like bright red from licking well not bright red but russet colored and then like she'll be walking on a walk and all of a sudden the dog has to stop and lick itself or it drags its butt once in a while so let's talk about that because that's a, a thing that a lot of people go through too okay why did billy get fired from the banana factory why did billy get fired from the banana factory we'll be back hey hey oh we're winding her down all right. Why did Billy get fired from the banana factory? What's your thoughts, Rachel? I got to go back to one of the jokes you said previously mm. about bananas. So I'm going to go with like unappealing, something about unappealing. Oh, that's, that's a good one. Okay. What's your Ooh. thought, Dr. Jess? I have no thought beyond that. That's oh, no. genius. That is a good one. But this is what why Billy got fired from the banana factory. He kept throwing away the bent ones. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would have never guessed that. Kept throwing away the bent ones. So, but yours is good. Yours is good too. That's He's good. Yep. Yeah, that. Let's see. They, there's, you know, there's, there's different answers. It doesn't always have, you know, endless possibilities. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, we're just gonna write our own joke book. <laughs> it could be A, B, or C, or all of them. Yeah, there you there go. There you go. Okay, uh, anal glands. That's uh, the glands that are each side of the rectum. And a lot of butt dogs butt scoot and such. But now this gal, uh, Tammy, and uh, her dog, uh, big dog, Shepherd Mix, a nice dog. But anyway, so, but licking it to the point that it's like rusty brown. And like while she's on a walk, that the dog will all of a sudden just drop and lick. And, and that's really something there. And that has got to be really itchy back there. So what's your thoughts on that? Well, I do want to preface this by saying that... Um, Dogs whose anal glands are bothering them don't always scoot their butts. Okay. Sometimes they just stop barking. They what? They stop barking. They stop barking? Yeah. Like if you have a barky little dog. Okay. And it becomes quiet. a quiet little dog. Could be because its anal glands are bothering it. Get out of here. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they stop jumping on the couch. Oh, okay. So. That's interesting. You know, when you have hemorrhoids, then you have to like choose your activities. Yes. Um, and so, so you'll see also, I've had people come in with dogs who, uh, they thought had Lyme disease or they thought the dog was paralyzed and really their anal glands were just very full. Really? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, so it can look like a bunch of different things. It's not always the classic, you know, cause sometimes people say, oh, my dog doesn't have a problem with the anal glands because they don't scoot their butt. They're not chewing at it. Ah, okay. Ah, All right. Could be. So anal glands are, they're part of the gastrointestinal system, but they reflect the health of the immune system in the intestines. All right. So the anal glands in the ears 
are the outposts of the immune system. Ooh. They're telling you about the immune system. Often dogs who have anal gland problems also have ear problems and vice versa. Okay. So like ear infections or recurrent right. ear infections. Okay. Really, those are all about the immune system. Yep. Even the dogs with crusty noses. So the dogs whose noses crack like the bulldogs oh, yeah. and the boxers yes. and or you see like along the sides of the nose where it, you know, you develop these cracks and okay. fissures yeah. and sometimes they bleed. And yep. it's not because they have a nose butter deficit. Yeah, okay. It's because there's something going on with the immune system. All right. So the first thing you do with anal glands is you address the guts, right? Because they're part of the gastrointestinal system. So we look at food. Look at supplements that help the gastrointestinal system. What sup- supplements? So I'm I'm a big fan of raw food. I teach yeah. raw feeding to all my clients. Yeah. Um, standard process canine enteric support is a fantastic supplement to rebuild the gut lining. Enteric is that I enteric e n t e r i c. And you could use that along with standard process canine immune system support, which will help rebuild the immune system. Okay. But the, those two things together are kind of a long-term, that's kind of a long-term project. Okay. Like the anal glands are yep. going to come out good at the other end, right. <laughs> but it can take quite a bit of doing. Okay. Because I know that um, there's some thought out there that I've seen things where people say, you know, you should never let anybody express your dog's anal glands. Um you know what? If your dog's butt is bothering it that much, mm-hmm. get them expressed. I'd rather shovel a pig barn full of pig doo doo than express anal glands. You don't have to do it. Your vet <laughs> will do it for you. Um, it's it's worth getting it done though. So normally, so the anal glands normally produce a scented secretion mm-hmm. that is full of pheromones, right? These chemical messengers. So basically, every time your dog poops. The whole area should give a squeeze, whatever's in the anal glands, which should not be much right. and should be like pale brown water, All right. should come out with the poo so that it doesn't build up. You never see it. But this is why dogs are constantly sniffing each other's poo and sniffing each other's rear ends Yep, because they are learning who? exactly what, what, you know, what your sexual preferences are, <laughs> what your shoe size is, <laughs> you know, they're gathering information yep. about each other yep. when they do this yep. now. If the stuff starts to build up, so if it's in the anal glands and it's not able to come out, mm-hmm. that's where the problems occur. So the there's a duct that goes from the gland to the outdoors, mm-hmm. and it is literally the size of a pin. So if the secretion is any thicker than water, which is what happens when you have immune system problems, now the secretion can't come, come out. Okay. And it fills up and fills up and fills up, and eventually it will rupture right off the back of your dog. Wow. This happens in cats, too. Now, when it ruptures, because sometimes people will see that there's something next to their dog's anus that's swelling and it looks red and inflamed and, oh, my God, is it going to pop? And yes, it probably will. And when it does, there's great relief because now the pressure is off of the skin. It feels a ton better. It heals up pretty darn quickly. You don't really need antibiotics because it's going to heal up so fast Mm -hmm. and you have an immune system that will take care of it. Mm -hmm. But it shows you that you need some immune system help. So that's where food, supplements, even some basic supplements like fish oils, probiotics, those are also helpful. Mm-hmm. And then you have to think, well, gosh, you know, how did my dog's immune system get damaged in the first place? Feeding processed food, uh, vaccines, toxic flea and tick chemicals, all kind of overlaid on a background of the genetics, uh, right? We all come yep. with whatever genetic burden we have. Yep. That determines what's going to happen to us effectively. All right. 
So yeah, so it's just it's an overall overhaul, mm-hmm. and and buildings. so like so like the red discoloration of the fur and the area is, uh, a, it's saliva staining, and okay. so after the dog licks the area, the saliva that's left on the skin oxidizes with the air, and it turns that rusty reddish brown, and that's why some dogs that lick their feet or their legs, yep, yep. they get those rusty looks. Mm-hmm. Okay, from mm-hmm. that from over licking. Yeah. Okay. And then that's the same thing. Everybody blames it on allergies and such. But well, right, basically, but, but allergies, allergies yes, is it a, a malfunction thing. of the immune system? Exactly. And so that's why you got a. Uh, uh, right. And, and yeah. And so anal glands kind of fall into what I think of as like the garbage can <laughs> of allergies, right? Okay. Lots of things end up in this garbage can. So <laughs> staph infections, skin eruptions, uh, ear infections, dogs who lick their feet, dogs who lick their butts, all these things end up in the garbage can. What about can hot spots, too? Yeah. Uh, hot spots? Yeah. That's uh, a malfunction of the immune system? Yeah. Okay. For the most part. Now, in some dogs, especially dogs who go swimming, um, you'll see like a very typical hot spot that shows up on the cheeks, like mm-hmm. underneath the ear. It's just kind of classic in okay. gold retrievers and labs. Right. And I don't know why that area tends to react more than others. Or if you have like, you know, it, the days when it's been really hot and moist out, if the if the dog is reacting to its collar or the oh, collar okay. rubs. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so it could yeah. still be called a hot right. spot, which is just another name for moist dermatitis. Okay. So it's not always necessarily right. from allergies. Okay. Yeah, because I, I know there is one dog... Uh, I was I can't remember I was at appearance and she brought this little doxy and she says well my dog has a hot spot I said oh let me see it was like over the whole shoulders totally bald oh. and weeping she says yeah. and I felt like saying well we should have done something a little sooner <laughs> mm-hmm. you know I said so we went to feeding and such like that and then now when you have a true hot spot like that it's weeping would coconut oil be good to put on that or do you want it to dry out correct? yeah so usually then I would use tea to try to dry tea, it up the first. black tea or the mm-hmm. green tea depending mm-hmm. on the color of the dog Right, because okay. that, that will help make it less oozy. Okay. And okay. I've treated pretty big hotspots with that. I think the mistake that people make when they find that not effective is people try to put the tea in a spray bottle and spray it on oh, the dog okay. or kind of wipe the dog with it. And you need for the tea to soak Stay into the skin. Well, Dr. Jess, it's it great to have you in studio and with us. How can you get a hold of you? Uh, through my website, holistic-vet-care.com. Thank you, Rachel. We made it through another week. Okay, guys, we're going to see you in two weeks. It's the 4th of July. Keep those dogs safe and out of the boom-booms. Bye-bye.